You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Adam Carricker on The Ticket, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm joined by a very special guest. He has over 30 years of covering Nebraska football and over 15 years as a lead, a writer to his name, Mr. Steve Sippel. How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm, I'm, I guess, don't, I, mean, I'm, I hope you don't get embarrassed, but I'm honored to be on with you. You were one of the most intriguing players I've covered in that time. Um, so I thank you for having me on, Adam. Well, I appreciate you joining me. And it's interesting, I've interacted since I started the Character Chronicles nine years ago, with several members of the media. And you and I see each other every once in a while, always very friendly, very friendly interactions. But I feel like you and I haven't interacted a ton. So I am excited to have you on because you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Nebraska football. So thank you for joining the program. Yeah, you're, I appreciate it. It's a ni- that's nice of you to say. I just mostly just talk a lot. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> we might as well do that, though, Adam. Uh, let's get what's yeah. on your mind. What's on your mind? Yeah, you sound like me. I talk a lot, too. All right, so recruiting. Here's my yeah. question for you, because I've talked about recruiting a lot last week. I've talked about it this week so far. But my question for you is this, because I've always taken, I don't want to say recruiting with a grain of salt, because, again, look at the college football playoff, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Clemson. They always have the top classes, yet you look at Nebraska, and their recruiting rankings have been really good compared to other teams in the West, yet they struggle. But my question to you is this. Because you factor in the transfer portal now. And kids are coming and going more than ever before in the history of sports. Okay. How important truly is high school recruiting at this point? Has it been devalued, okay, compared to what it once was with the transfer portal and just the way college football is these days? That's a great. I mean, I, I've, I've wondered about that for several months. I mean, probably for a couple of years. I, I absolutely think devalued is a good word. Probably, I think I think the value of those rankings is diminished. The, the high, just the, the value of rating a high school class or a class in general. Yeah, I do think it's. I do. I think it's diminished because of the portal for obvious reasons, right? I mean, it doesn't. And I work yep. for a recruit-based website. So it's not exactly great business for me to say that it's still, there's no, you know, Adam, where I think we're in the kind of the same boat. I've always taken the recruiting rankings with a grain of salt, but I've never, ever, I would never, ever regard recruiting. I mean, the, the acquisition of talent as anything, but probably the most important thing that it's probably like if, if you're hiring a coach, the, the number one thing I want to know as an AD is, is how well you acquire talent. And I don't even, hey, Adam, I don't even look at it the same as I did when you played at all because there's so much more that goes into it. Now, with the transfer portal, with NIL, and, and that, that, that component and how a head coach is prepared to, how well a head coach is prepared to handle it. The conversations change. I look at it more like roster management, talent acquisition and i think recruiting in itself is sort of an outdated word i think you're right i think it's funny roster acquisition or talent acquisition roster management it's like an nfl team almost right the transfer portal 
has created I mean, free I, agency. The, the, so. Yeah, the head of collectives I almost regard as kind of a GM. They're the money yep. people. Um, I, I don't think, Adam, I don't think people really understand it. Um, it's hard to understand. And when, when you start talking about NIL and the transfer portal, it's not a pleasant conversation. It doesn't seem like to people. Um, in fact, on our show, we got a big brawl over it the other day because uh, we don't. I just think people don't understand it. Um, don't understand. It, it's hard to understand. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think to get back to your original question, just re- recruiting rankings. It's a data point. But beyond that, I, I don't know. It's just a data point to me. That's all it is. It's one data point among many. It's interesting because I almost look at college football coaches now as like a CEO of a business. Like they're actually running an entire business now that you factor in NIL and things of that nature. But here's one more recruiting question for you. And then I want to go to the Huskers as a team themselves. My question for you is this. If you had to choose, let's say you're Matt Rule. And you have to choose between having a highly ranked high school class, okay, or a highly ranked transfer portal class. Which would you choose if you're Matt Rule and you're the coach in Nebraska? Right now, right now, at this moment, a first-year coach who's trying to build a program, I want to take a highly ranked high school class where he's trying to build it in his, you know, in his vision, um, build it the way he wants. And that's what he's doing. And and I'm not saying it just because Rule has said that's what he wants. In the first year, you know, in the early stages of his, what we hope is a long tenure here, I would say definitely a high school class. Now, if things get off the rails and you're battling, you're scrapping to keep your job, and you haven't done a good job recruiting, kind of like, you know, like Frost, then yeah, I mean, you go heavy. You go. You, you tell the fan base we're going heavy into the portal, and you go heavy into the portal and try to salvage it. But I just don't think that's where you want to be. You want to be like the top teams: Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, where you're just plugging. Even those places, Adam, as you know, have have holes on the roster. They do. I mean, it's, it's every essentially every team, even the very top teams, have somewhere where they're a little vulnerable. Those teams now the rich get richer at them because they can, it's easier for them to fill those whole, those vulnerabilities, you know, because they can go to the portal and do it. All right. Let's talk about the current Huskers, the current team, as we look into this next quickly, vastly approaching Nebraska football season, the offensive line. All right. Much maligned a year ago. Matt rule has stuck up for them several times this off season. I don't know which else you expect a head coach to do. They retain Riola as the offensive line coach, All right? Transfer from Arizona state, Ben Scott at center. We get a couple of injured guys back Prohaska while new Willie is back, not injured, but he's back. How do you view this offensive line and what they could potentially, I assume they got to be better. What, how do you view what they could potentially be this season under year one under Matt Rule? Well, I mean, you can think about it. I mean, I think about, Adam, when you were a junior, were you, would you say that was about as good as you were going to – I mean, you were that's when you were really rounded into form, right? When you're a junior and you're a senior, right? When you're, yep. a, big, when you're a big body dude. Well, if yeah. the way I keep saying is, if they're ever going to be good, it's now. Because they're, these guys should be – I'm not saying 
when I say in their prime, I mean in their college prime. I mean, they they could get better if they you know if they get in the NFL, they're going to get better. But it right now, those guys you reeled off and Ben Hart plus Ben Hart, maybe you mentioned Ben Hart, Piper, um, that group Corcoran, that group of guys. This is it now. This is they should be in their college prime. So. I know they've said they like said no excuses before last year. I think they sort of had excuses. They were still young in terms of class and school, at least. I mean, they were still third and fourth year guys, a lot of them. So it wasn't a great excuse. But now it's almost wiped away completely. So that's what I think. I think. I think those. I think those guys. They should be pretty good. They've played together, Adam. They've played together. They've they've had a chance now to play in with Donovan in Donovan Rayola's style and in, in, in the way he wants them to go about things. So here we go. Let's do it. Um and I think and I by the way, I think retaining Rayola now Rule hasn't said this, but I think it makes a lot of sense just just because they get another year with him, as opposed to learning and Adam, you know how it is. If, if a new coach comes in, they got to learn a lot. There's a lot of learning that transpires there. So now they get it. They get it. They get to keep working with Donovan. Yeah, once again, they should be pretty good. I see Phil Steele ranks them 63rd as a group. I think they should be better than that, you know. But I get it. Based on what we've seen, 63rd makes sense. But getting New Ely back, Teddy, like you said, Teddy being healthy bringing in Ben Scott, they should be a top, I don't know, I would think they could be a top 40 line. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. I'm with you in the aspect of it's now or never. You look at a lot of these guys. Ben Hart, it's his third year starting. Corcoran's been playing a lot for three years. You add the guys that we've talked about. You got Piper in the mix. You got six guys who could be looked at as potential starters for the five spots. I'm still curious to see what exactly happens with Ben Hart and Corcoran specifically. Highly recruited guys. Talented guys. Uh, When people tell me the O-line isn't talented, I'm like, have you looked at where they were ranked when they were recruited? If you're going to put a lot of value in recruiting rankings, they were highly talented, uh, valued guys, and they're big. They're a big offensive line as well. All right, the next position I want to go to, tight ends. This room intrigues me so much because there's so much talent in that room, yet Uh the guy who's listed number one is a walk-on. And again, I don't care who the best player is. Start the best guy. But you've got Thomas Fedoni, Eric Gilbert, yet Nate Berkshire is right now. 
he, he led all pass catchers in the spring game, and he's listed number one on the depth chart. Talk to me about this tight end room, Sip. I need some help here. No, you don't. You got it. It's, it is. <laughs> it is. You know, you do. You're right. It's filled with potential. A lot. I mean, a lot of it, particularly Fedoni and Gilbert. But Forkerture is a good player. I mean, he's, he's good, and he could be a starter. Uh, based on what we saw, you know, he started, he was with the one offense in the spring game. So I, I 100% agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I started with Fedoni because I think Fedoni has both the tangibles and the intangibles. He's a, a killer competitor and he has the bot, he has the frame and the, you know, he has the speed, he has the hands, he has, but he also has that, that ungodly want to. I mean, mm-hmm. he wants to be an All-American type player, a first-round draft pick. He wa- he's, a, he's very Nebraska-oriented. He wants to help this program. I just don't – the only thing that would hold him back is more bad luck injury-wise. That's it. Gilbert, I, I, if you listen to our show, Bill Bush coached, coached Gilbert on special teams at LSU. And what, the, what Bill kind of says a mouthful when he says Gilbert just – Everything just came easily to him, Adam. You knew guys like that. And then mm-hmm. Adam, Adam Gilbert happens to be 6'6", 260, okay, and can move. Mm-hmm. And you saw it. You saw it in the spring. And so, oh, that, hey, man, that position, let's put it this way, it makes me feel more comfortable about any deficiencies in the receiving core. I don't think it's a great receiving core. I think it's fine. But any real concerns I have, about the passing game and having open receivers it's sort of alleviated by those guys we're talking about, mainly those three. I would say Fedoni one, Gilbert two, and Borkature three. So talk to me about the receivers, because that's actually next next on my list. That's a perfect segue. We only had one receiver who really stood out in the spring game, and yes, the spring game is just a glorified practice. But I'm curious on your thoughts as that group as a whole. Also, Xavier Betts, is he a guy, he's uber talented, we know that. Is he a guy that can kind of, I don't want to say make a little bit of a comeback, but maybe a little bit of a resurgence because we know he's a talented guy. A bet? Is that who you blanked out a little bit? Xavier Betts? Yeah, the receiver group as a whole, and then Xavier Betts specifically. Okay, well, yeah, I'm glad you asked about Betts because all the reports in the offseason are favorable. I mean, you know, I'm talking about Garrett McGuire, who in the early part of June, I talked to him during the satellite during the satellite camps in Texas, and I mean, just said it had glowing praise for Xavier that he's he well he had to take care of 21 hours I think or, uh, a, a huge course load in the spring, which he did, which is a good sign right there, right? He took care yep. of it. Um, he did what he had to do in school. And then he's in great shape. I mean, if you see him, I mean, he's one of the better looking specimens on the team. There's, again, there's really nothing that should hold him back at this point. As long now, now what you wonder about, and let, I mean, let's be frank, Adam, um, you wonder about desire a little bit because he left the team, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and he left the team. And what you heard from people was, you know, he wasn't just, he just wasn't big on football, you know, and he wasn't enjoying it. Well, can he find that? Can he find that? That's what you wonder. It seems like he has. Michael Huffman, the Bellevue West coach, talked about, we talked about it the other day, and he said he's never seen 
that's just kind of happy. It's like he said, the pressure's off. At Bellevue West, he had to make grades. There was pressure on him that way. You know, he had the scholarship offer, and he just didn't he didn't respond particularly well to the pressure. And there is pressure on those guys. I mean, there is. If you get a scholarship yeah. offer, you're a marked man. And then there's, especially an in-state player, Adam, there's certain expectations that, are, that, that, that are attached to an in-state player that we don't really think about that stuff, but it's, it's there. Um, some, some guys just handle it better than others. So God, I'll tell you what, he's a downfield threat. Um, he's, he's the best looking of those guys. Marcus Washington's pro, you know, the most highly ranked by Phil Steele. I see at 42 Kemp will be very important. It, I wish I could say, they had a couple more. But if Betts is going good, if Betts is a guy that can get you 30, 35, 40 catches, then man, you're in business, I think. All right, I got one more question for you. All right, and actually, I'm going to take this from the people's questions. It's supposed to be for the next segment, the people's segment, but I'm going to give this one to you, and it's from Stacy, and basically asking about the defensive line. If you look at all the position groups on this team, to me, the defensive line is the biggest question mark just due to a lack of experience and things of that nature, learning a new scheme, obviously, and those challenges. But what are your thoughts on the defensive line and that group being viewed at this point in time, and we'll see how it plays out, as probably the biggest question mark going into this upcoming football season? It's a huge question mark, and part of it is we don't know what it's going to look like up front in this new defense. I mean, I don't even, sometimes I don't even know – how to classify the defense, a defensive lineman. I know, I mean, there's certain guys, you know, what's going to look like. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to play that interior like you played. Um, now who's going to play, you know, on the edge. I don't know. They're going to shuttle guys in and out. Sometimes we're going to be a four man front. Sometimes we're going to be in a three man front. I think so. I mean, they're going to move guys up to the line of scrimmage sometimes that we don't talk about as traditional offensive linemen. That's what I'm getting at, Adam. I mean, they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to put MJ Sherman's hand in the dirt sometime, but we also talk about him as a linebacker. We talk about uh, is it Jamari Butler. We talk about him as a linebacker, but he's going to put his hand in the dirt sometimes. So who is a defensive lineman? Who are we talking about? That's number one question. As far as the interior guys, Judy's got to be big. Cutmacher's got to be big. Um, Ty Robinson's got to be big. Those three guys have got to be good now. And they've probably got to be ready to play quite a bit because they're not blessed with great depth. Phil Steele doesn't have Nebraska's defensive line ranked at all. I think he ranks 50. Um, Adam, it's, if you're a Nebraska fan and you're, and you're pouring through Phil Steele's magazine, which just came out, you see the offensive line ranked 63rd nationally behind like James Madison and Toledo. And, and then you yeah. have the deep, then you have the, no, that's the defensive line I'm talking about. Then you have the defensive line not ranked at all is what I'm getting at. That's, that's a little scary. I mean, it really is. This is, Adam, do you remember? The, I, I was just looking at the big, I was looking at the Michigan game the other day. Um, because I was looking at Michigan and it was just astounding to me. Just looking back at that, the level at which Michigan dominated the trenches, I mean, they were blowing Nebraska seven yards back pretty routinely. I mean, it's, it can't happen. I mean, there's no way you're going to win against good teams in the Big Ten 
if you're getting pushed four, five, six, seven yards off the ball routinely. I mean, I'd say three out of four four plays from scrimmage. So I I don't know. I mean, that's the. I'm glad you mentioned it. I think that is the biggest question mark. I completely agree, and I remember that Michigan game very well. For the first probably two and a half quarters, they did all right up front. And then you could tell they just kind of got worn out. And then in that fourth quarter, as you mentioned, they were getting knocked off the ball quite a bit by that offensive line. And to Michigan's credit, you know, their offensive line has won the award for the best offensive line in the country two years in a row. But you still can't be getting knocked off the ball like that with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. So, Steve, I appreciate your time. I hope to have you on again soon. And I've really enjoyed it, my friend. Thank you. I really did too, Adam. Let's do it. Let's plan on doing it again, okay? I look forward to it. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back, pay some bills, and we'll get to the people's segment. Don't go anywhere. 